Welcome to 10 Minute TechCom. I'm your host, Ryan Weber. Today we have an interview with Dr. Nicole St. Germain Diltz of Angelo State University. Dr. St. Germain Diltz is a professor of technical communication who received her PhD from Texas Tech University. Her research area is how Hispanic and Spanish language speakers use technical information and access it through translation and localization. I apologize, there's a bit of background noise on this interview. We recorded it live at the Council for Programs in Scientific and Technical Communication Conference, and so you can hear in the background the chatter of scholars engaging in exciting academic work. Don't, uh, don't mind the chatter too much. All right, well, welcome to the podcast, Nicole, and I wanted to talk to you about your work in uh, Spanish language speaking technical communication. And my first question is, your work has documented an English speaking bias in technical communication. How does that bias manifest and what are its consequences? Well, how the bias manifests is a lack of translation, first of all. Many companies find that it is just not economically feasible to translate at all. Even considering that almost 15% of our population speak Spanish as their primary language and feels more comfortable speaking Spanish. Now, you know, an additional percentage is bilingual. The question that companies ask is, is this cost effective? And all too often they find that they just cannot justify the value of translation with the resources they have. The effects of it, though, are, are massive. Study after study has shown that consumers and users of technology, they want to read these things in their native language unless they're super comfortable with the technology. You just feel more comfortable. People are afraid that if they miss, you know, or they misunderstand mm -hmm. some phrasing mm -hmm. that they'll break whatever it is. And, and as a result, they tend to shy away from products and from services or software that is not documented in their original language. Mm -hmm. Now, the effect that that has is that some of these people, unless they're very vigilant and very motivated, they do not have the same access to technology that people with native level um, ability in English have, and that's unfortunate. And in the end, it has what we call the technology gap, mm -hmm. where we're leaving people who aren't native, comfortable speakers of English further behind. Right, right. Well, I assume on the economic end, there are lost sales for companies as well so that front-end cost may be justified in back-end right. sales later. Right. And of course, and unfortunately in the U.S. we don't have any sort of advisory board or, you know, anything from the government that says, okay, you know, we do have to include at least these languages mm -hmm. uh, because we don't have an official language. A lot of people think our official language is English, <laughs> but it's not. Right. We don't have one. Mm -hmm. um, in the EU, it's different. You have to have at least, I believe, three of the member state languages if you want to produce oh, documentation wow. for okay. the EU. I don't think they really tell them, but the companies sort out you know, which languages are most advantageous. Right, right. But here we're left to our own devices, and sometimes that's not always a good thing. Right, certainly, <laughs> yeah. So a lot of your work focuses specifically on translating medical information mm -hmm. for Spanish speakers. What effective practices have you learned from your research? Well, one of the things that you must do with Spanish speakers, especially if you're working within the United States, is realize that there are different dialects of Spanish. Mm -hmm. And too often we tend to think, oh, you know, Spanish speaking, that equals Mexico. Right. Or, you know, if you're in New York in the East, East Coast, you might think that equals the Dominican Republic or whatever it is. And then they try to use that universally. So, mm -hmm. you know, they're using Dominican Spanish in Texas or vice versa. It needs to be more localized than that. And companies really don't like to hear 
hear that because mm-hmm. it's even more expensive. You have to have a subject matter expert that knows the culture. But culturally, Spanish-speaking countries are very, very diverse. Mm-hmm. And even in health, when it comes to things like, well, what is domestic violence? You know, you'll find that the definition for somebody from the Dominican Republic is different from Mexico, which is different from Cuba. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you know, health practices vary just as widely as the language. And that means that you have to get down and dirty on the ground, work with focus groups, find out is this working for this population, and also work with the healthcare practitioners who are working with them. Mm-hmm. You know, because the consequences of getting it wrong are very serious right. with health. Right. That's, that's really interesting. Your uh, research often references Executive Order 13166. Can you describe what is this executive order and how does it affect the work of technical communicators? Well, the executive order was signed into law by uh, President Clinton in the early 90s. And basically what it says is that if you are receiving federal funding, and most clinics, hospitals are, I mean, if you're mm-hmm. accepting Medicaid, Medicare, that's federal right, funding. Right, right. You have to provide not only interpretation service, but appropriate translations of key materials. Okay. Now the problem is, is that the rest is, it's supervised by the Department of Justice, but it's very loose. Basically it only comes to their attention if there's a complaint. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times some of these people aren't, don't feel empowered enough or they don't know that they can complain. And so that leads to problems. Now in addition, how people interpret that is rather loose. An interpretation system can be you know, on the phone. Mm-hmm. Or it can be, I've talked to Spanish speakers who have said, yeah, well, I'm from Mexico and they brought me a Filipina nurse <laughs> and I can't understand her. I know she's speaking Spanish, but I don't know what she's saying right. really. So with the translations end is more where technical communicators step in. Mm-hmm. We need to, first of all, localize these documents for particular cultures, even people within the U.S., the Spanish speakers, the Vietnamese, the Chinese. And we need to work with translators and hospitals to make sure that those key documents like consent forms, uh, sheets that describe their medication, brochures that show about their, maybe the procedure they're about to undergo, that all mm-hmm. of that is translated and localized. Right. So. right, so to reiterate a key theme, it's not enough to translate your documents into Spanish. No. It's that they have to be localized for particular cultures right. of Spanish speakers. Right, and that's key. You could even talking about graphics, the traditions are very different. Mm -hmm. In the United States, particularly with medical information or highly technical information, we like to use line drawings because we like to strip detail and show this is exactly Mm -hmm. what's going on. If it's a surgery on your knee, we'll just show a cutout line drawing of the knee. And that doesn't work, especially for Mexican and um, Tejano or Texas-born Spanish speakers. They like things to be in context. Mm -hmm. And to them, like a line drawing of your patella is very out of context. What does this mean? And sometimes in my work, people couldn't even identify what they were looking at. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. In one instance, it was a picture of DNA. The brochure was about birth control Uh and birth defects. No, it was birth defects. And it showed the picture of DNA coming together like Mm -hmm. a zipper. And it wasn't that people weren't educated. They knew what DNA was. Right. That That iconography was not familiar to them. Right, it wasn't familiar. And they said, well, if we're talking about birth defects, why are we looking at this instead of maybe people going through therapy Mm -hmm. for birth defects Mm -hmm. or, you know, things that make sense to me? How does this impact my life? This line drawing does not explain that. Very good. So how can, overall, how can technical communicators better meet the needs of Spanish language speakers and users? 
Well, for one thing, we have to be advocates, um, those of us who are working in localization, mm -hmm. uh, especially on the academic side. We have to look for these partnerships with hospitals. And all too often, it's not that health practitioners don't want to help people. Mm -hmm. it's that they don't know. And they don't know that we're here for them. Right. Um, for example, I work with an obstetrician, and she didn't even know before she met me that people did this. Mm -hmm. She thought it just got translated, and she said, "Well, I know we have cultural problems, but I thought, you know, having a Spanish-speaking nurse on staff was covered good enough." Us. Yeah. Right. They don't realize that we're there for them as a resource, and we need to make them aware of that. And mm -hmm. the more we do, the more visibility we have and the more likely they are to call on us when they need help. So we can make this better. Mm -hmm. you no, know, we can. Mm -hmm. Are there resources that you would recommend for technical communicators who are struggling with localization or involved in localization that may want some direction? Well, really, the best resource you can have is a subject matter expert. Right, okay. I mean, make those partnerships with the medical community. One mm -hmm. way I found to do that when I first moved to San Angelo was to go to networking events. And okay. I met nurses. Oh, great, yeah. And I met physicians, or even when I went to the doctor or clinic, I made them aware of what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes I'd be reviewing a book for a journal, and they'd say, well, what is that? And, mm -hmm. you know, strike up conversations, network and meet people and ask them for their input and their help. I mean, that's really the only way to do it because healthcare especially, or technology, it's so diverse. Mm -hmm. and there's no real way for academics or even people working in the field to know specifically what these people need unless you're talking to them mm -hmm. and seeing it firsthand. Mm -hmm. All right, great. Well, thank you very much. This is really useful information. I appreciate your time. Well, thank you so much. All right.